Hey, good morning. Hi, everybody. My name's Rich, just in case you didn't know. You know, I was reading uh, in John where it says that, that God knows our names. He knows your name. He's got your number. You know, I, I have trouble remembering everybody's names. Uh, sometimes I have trouble remembering my own name, right? But God knows our names. He knows us so well. He knows everything about us, and yet he loves us anyways. Is that amazing? That is amazing. That's grace. Hey, happy Mother's Day. I got a couple of moms here, Connie and Barbara, my two moms. Some of you other ladies, too, are, are coveting that spot, but I understand that, but sorry. I can't deal with any more than two. That's all. That's it. Uh, and also, I heard uh, that... Uh, that Dave has a birthday today, 6-0. Now that's something, if you can make it to 6-0, right? So you can shake him up a little bit after. Let's, uh, let's open our Bibles, shall we? 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And pick it up where we left off last time. 2 Timothy chapter 1, we talked about stirring up or fanning into flame the gift of God. And we talked about that idea of fanning it up and, and getting that fire stoked up, that, those, those things that God has given to us. And, but what, what, what I see today and what really stands out to me today is what, that, what he's, what, hello, I do this for a living, hello. <laughs> Let me try that again. What he's given to us, first and foremost, is himself. That is amazing. We'll talk about that. So let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says there, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Many of us have heard this verse, and I think it's an important one for us to know, but we're, we're going to look at that today and see what that means. What is he talking about there in, in that particular verse? But really, this idea of the fire of our spiritual lives, that we need to keep this fire stoked up. We need to remember the word means, again, alive, fire. And that's something we need to continually do. And, and some of the ways that we do that, of course, are our devotional life. And I'll talk about that again for a second because it's so important that you and I have that time. If we want to be on fire for God, we need to spend time with Him and, and, and have this one-on-one -on -one time with Him where we open up our, our Bibles for ourselves. That's great that you come here and open up your Bible and, and we study along together. And that's part of what the church is. But for you and me to have that time where we, we it's a, this is a time that you and I are, are building a relationship with God. That's where the fire starts, really. That's where it begins. That's where it, it, it kind of goes on from there. And so, secondly, I would say fellowship where you and I, we kind of we challenge each other to keep going. I'm challenging you now. And, and you know, you challenge me and we challenge each other like to stay in the race. Right? 
keep running the race. You've got to run all the way to the end. Don't give up your faith. Guard it. You know, strengthen it. Work on it. And the last thing I think is important is that we serve, that we do something. That's part of where God is working through us, where God is, is, is working in our lives for you and I to actually get involved somehow, some way. To find out what God has gifted, how God has gifted you, that those individual gifts that He gives to each one of us. But I think I think thinking about that when leading into this next verse, you know, some of the things that can hold us back are fear. Right? Fear holds us back. Weakness holds us back, right? Sometimes lack of love. I just don't love anybody. How many of you feel that way? I just don't love anybody. Or lack of discipline, lack of self-control, lack of, I just can't get it together to do anything to help anybody, to serve in any way. How many of you, does that ring a bell with anybody here? Or I can just go home and um, have my Mother's Day dinner? No. I think, it's, I think it's all of us, isn't it? But he says, and this is a powerful verse, he says, God has not given us, again, stir up the gift of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. You see, God working in our hearts and lives. He, he doesn't just leave us on our own to say, you know, see what you can do. But he's helping us all the way, and he's, and he's doing it personally. You see, the Spirit of God is what he's given to us. But the Spirit of God, when I say the Spirit of God, I'm not talking about some impersonal force, right? The force be with you. That's not what, what he's talking about here, and that's not what I'm talking about today. It's God himself, you see, because the Spirit of God is the third person of what? The Trinity, right. God the Spirit. So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so when we receive Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, into our hearts, that's God Himself. Right? You see where I'm going with this thing? Hello? Okay. The Spirit of God Himself. See, so... He is coming to work inside of me. He's coming to live inside of me. It's God himself. It's not some weird force. So when we're seeking after how we should serve, when we're seeking after his power and his his love in our lives, what we really, I think, primarily should be seeking after is God himself. God himself. So let's break down this verse, okay, and, and see what God says here. The number one thing, it says really what God has not given us, right? What has he not given to us here in this verse? Anybody? Fear. fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear. And I found this, this is very interesting, you know, we know all the, the different, uh, you know, things that, the top 10 fears, well, they've kind of modified it a little bit, and, and things have changed to kind of keep up with our times. And this is from Chapman University, uh, no connection. I just wanted to point that out to you. But, but look at that. Uh, this is kind of apropos. Let me find the button here. Uh, number one, and it's by percentage of people who are fearful, number one. Corruption of government officials. That's the number one fear. In 2015, they did this survey, right? 
Number two, cyber terrorism. Number three, corporate tracking of personal information, terrorist attacks, government tracking of personal information, biowarfare, identity theft, economic collapse, running out of money, credit card fraud. That's just the first 10, right, of this list. This list. Well, I'll get to that. Hold on. Let me find that. Used to be public speaking. And, and you know, different people who, who do this, take these surveys, they come up with slightly different, uh, you know, rankings because probably because of the questions they ask, right? But on the Chapman study, Chapman study, public speaking is down now to number 26, 28%. Insects, 35. And dying is 43. They're more afraid of insects than they are of dying. Is that crazy? But number 45 and number 46, I don't quite get this. Number 45, 21% of people were afraid of water. Twenty point four percent were afraid of drones. Things are changing, people. You know, close the window. The drone might get in here. Maybe it'll smash through the window right now. I'm, I'm really afraid of that. I'm like, I'm freaking out. Like right now, the drones. You know, Amazon are going to start delivering packages by drones, and like, you know, what is going to happen to my life? It's crazy. But other studies say that, that public speaking is number two, right? How many of you are really deathly afraid of, of public speaking, of getting up in front of somebody? Number six was fear of death. Number 10, fear of commitment. Number one on that list, by the way, was fear of flying. How many of you are, like, really afraid to fly? Will you admit it? Some of you. You know... <coughs> This is insane, isn't it? He has not given us a spirit of fear, but we have, you know, we're loaded with fears and phobias, right? I can't even pronounce some of the phobias that are listed here. They, they, they put them in English for me. But we're loaded with fears. We've got fears of every different kind, right? But it says here, God has, did not give us the spirit of fear, that's not what God brings to the mix here for us, for you, for me. This word fear, this word is translated different ways. Dread or timidity or fearfulness. In, in, in other literature of that time, they, it, uh, uh, one commentator said that it, it would mean one who flees from battle. Okay, get that picture in your mind. Now Paul says at the end of the letter, right, I have fought the good fight. And he's telling Timothy, God's not given us the, the, you know, that, that thing in us to flee from the battle, to run away. He's not, that's not God. But having said all that, what God has done, we are still loaded with all these fears. So where do they come from? Well, they didn't come from God, right? God's not telling you to run away right now if he's asking you to do something. Do you ever feel like that? God's asking you to do something and you go like, no, I'm, I'm going the other way. Oh, yeah, that was Noah. Uh, or not Noah, Jonah, right? 
We just talked about him. That was Jonah. He says, you know, I'm, I'm asking you, no, I'm going the other way. He had some weird motivation. but So where in the world do these fears and phobias come from? I gave you a clue. One clue. Where in the world? It's the same battles, you know. It's the same thing. The world, the flesh, and the devil pass along these fears and phobias to us. And we like, you know, just gobble them in. You know, the, we, we watch stuff on the news, you know, all the stuff that were listed up there. A lot of the stuff, if you watch the news, your like fears are like going like this, up and up and up, because you're watching the news and you're saying, wow, this is going to happen, and watch out and look out for this. And this guy lied and that guy didn't, and, you know, it's like it gets insane, right? So we need to be careful. Now, that, I don't, I don't saying don't ever watch the news. I'm just, be, I'm just saying don't let it, con, let it you know, control how you're thinking. And understand that people have, they have biases and they have you know, the way they're putting this thing together. They have the message, believe it or not. But God's got a different message is what I'm trying to say today. Our own flesh, you know, our own flesh gives us a lot of fears, you know. What's yours? Don't tell me. I'm afraid for you to tell me what your fear is. And, of course, the, the enemy, the devil, right, he, he goes about like a roaring lion. And, and that would be kind of fearful, right? You know, he wants to feed some fear into our lives. Oh, you can't do that. No way. You can't. No, you can't step up. You can't serve. You can't vacuum. Are you kidding me? It might hurt your back. You know, I think you're getting the idea here, you know, these, these fears. God has a different plan for our lives. He has, he has a, a better way, and, and so he's within us himself to help us to go down a different path than just walking in fear. Walking in fear, he's got a better way. Let's turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 12. If you will turn with me, and we're going to turn to, i got a few verses I'm going to have you turn to today. So you can find your way around your Bibles. By the way, about reading uh, the Bible for yourself, I think, I think one of the good ways uh, to not get lost is just to read through verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And, and start in the New Testament and just read a chapter a day or half a chapter or a third of a chapter and, and then just think about that. That's what I do. I'm not boasting. I'm just telling you. I want to share with you that, you know, what God has worked in my life. I, uh, I'll read from the New Testament today and the Old Testament tomorrow and just rotate each and every day and I'll read a, a passage. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't read three chapters at a time. I used to do that, and I could, you could get through the whole Bible in one year. But I did that for a few years, for a number of years, and then I said, you know what, i got to slow down, and i gotta, I got to look and see what I'm reading here and, and think about it. And let me tell you what, it's amazing what God will do in your life as He's working through His Word. Now, second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, uh, what is it, 12? Let me find it here. We have not received the spirit of the world, 
but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. And he's talking about the Spirit of God and, and how God knows all things. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That's important for us to know. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are one of His own, you have received the Spirit who is from God, and He's living within you. Now turn back one more book, if you would, please, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and, and verse 15. This kind of gives us some more. And, and you know, this whole uh, premise that I'm bringing you today is that the gift of God is God Himself by His Spirit. It's found all throughout the Bible. Look in chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. He says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of what? Adoption or sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit within us, crying out, Abba, Father, because we are His children. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? That's a very different thing from the spirit of the world, which says you should be fearful and worrying about everything that you face in this life, Right? You know, I go through these different periods of time, and I told my wife, I said, she says, I said, I'm not doing very well. She says, what's the problem? I said, worry and warfare. Worry and warfare. And I'm not sure which came first, the warfare or the worry, you know? But we worry about all these things like it's going to make it better. When was the last time you worried about something and it made it better? Let's get a testimony here. It just doesn't work that way, does it? But that's kind of how we're prone as human beings. We got these fears. We got all this stuff going on around us. But God says, listen, I want you to go my way. I want you to focus in here. What? Focus on me. You know, and again, it's not this impersonal force. I mean, just focus on the force that you can pull up within. No, focus on him. That's when we find peace. When we're staring at ourselves, when we're staring at the problem, we're staring at everything around us, we're, we're not, the peace isn't going to come there, I'm afraid to tell you. But when we're focusing on Him. Very different, huh? I love this verse, though. I love these verses here in Romans, you know. We, on the other hand, want to hit the panic button. Do you all know what the panic button is? I, you know, I can see it in my mind. It's like this large, right? It's like huge. And, and when you, things are starting to happen, things are starting to go wrong, what is your first reaction? <laughs> Panic button, right? That's where we're at. Do any, any of you have one of those? <laughs> Just checking. Some of you are going like, that guy's so weird, I don't even know what he's talking about because... You know, I've got it all together, and I'm walking smooth and peaceful, and everything's cool. But the truth is that we do freak out. I do. That panic button is right there, and I'm going to get it. But, but God is saying, listen, I want you to hit a different button. And I've called it the Father button. 
father button. He wants us to hit the father button. Father, Abba, Father. That's, that's what he wants us to hit. When stuff's all going wrong, hey, get apart, get aside and say, Father, Abba, Father. Call out to him. He's the one that's going to make the difference. Not that panic button. All, all that happens when we hit the panic button, I talk from experience here, is I say things that I shouldn't say. I alienate people. When you freak out and, and they all looking at you like you have two heads, like what is wrong with that guy, right? So God wants, to tell, God wants us to know that he's given us a different, different way. And I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that this statement is that we can't let fear stop us. I'm not saying that we're never going to face fear. I'm not saying that we're not, there, we're not full of fears, because we are. If I gave you that list and, and had you like highlight the ones that you affected you, you'd probably have a good... Well, this list has 89 in there. I wonder how many you'd have of that 89. Or you'd probably have some that weren't even on the list. You know, fear of brown chairs. <laughs> some of you are going like, I can't sit here because a brown chair can't do it. You know, we, we have stuff. We're, we're, we got this stuff, but we can't let fear stop us. We can't let fear guide us. It's a, it's, it's a dead end. It's, it's, a, it's a bad road. We can't let fear stop us. Can you say that with me? We can't let fear stop us. You know, that's so important. So God did not give us. He says here in this verse, verse 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God does not give us a spirit of fear. But what did He give us? Let's go on from there. He gave us a spirit of power. A spirit of power. And, and you all have heard this before. If you've been studying the Bible for a while or listening to people, the word is dunamis, right? You know that. And dunamis is where we get our word for dynamite. It's powerful. It's powerful. But again, it's not this impersonal like dynamite thing that's happening. It's God himself in our lives. He's given us the spirit of God and the spirit of this, the power comes from him. It's not a force. That's a very important point I'm trying to make here today. It's not a force. It's God himself. That's where the power is. He has the power. Can't be separated from God himself. A couple of really cool verses that I, I, I came across, and you, you know these verses, at least this first one you do, right? So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but what? By my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And, and he, the, the might and power that he's talking about here are our own might and power. Is that plural? Our own might and power. How much might and power do you got, by the way? I'm a little bit short today because maybe you could share some of yours with me. But he says, by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And then, and then look what it says in Ephesians. I pray, Paul's praying. He says, I pray that out his, that is God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with what? Power. That's the same word, dunamis, through his spirit in your inner being. It's by him being in your heart and in your life. That's where the power is going to come from. 
When you get to the place where you're saying weakness, that's going to stop me. Fear is going to stop me. You need to turn to him. I need to turn to him and say, listen, God, I have no power. I have no strength. I am completely powerless. And as we turn to him, he gives the power that we need. That's pretty much how it works. It's fairly simple, but why do we make it so complicated? I don't know. Turn back with me one more chapter to, or one more book to, to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 is another verse that uh, is familiar. Acts chapter 8, uh, 1 verse 8, he says, But you will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The power comes how? From the Holy Spirit, from, from God himself. But in this particular verse, he's talking about uh, how do you share with people? How, how do you become a witness? He says, you will be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit is going to help you with that. And, and the Bible talks in other places about the boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have somebody you're, you're just dying to share with, or maybe you're completely paralyzed with fear to share with, and you say, I can't do it. Well, you can if you let God's Spirit help you. You can. The enemy's saying, no, you can't. That guy's going to punch you out if you say anything to him about Jesus. Forget it. You can. Power to be his witnesses. But one of my favorite verses, I'll turn back to Romans one more time. Uh, Romans chapter 15. One of those uh, verses that kind of is hidden there in chapter 15, but is, is a powerful, powerful verse. Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope. How? By the power, the dunamis of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want all the stuff that's in that verse. I want the hope. I want the joy. I want the peace. I want those things in my life. And, and it comes by the power of the Holy Spirit, by God's power, by God himself within my life. But if I'm looking around to everything else to trying to find it, it's not going to be there. I'm sorry. So, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but He has given us a spirit of power and also a spirit of love. And what kind of love is that? Agape love. It's the God kind of love. And, and how many of you have that kind of love in you naturally? You're just like, it's just bubbling out of you naturally. You wake up in the morning, you got agape love just oozing out of every pore of your being. How many of you have that? especially first thing in the morning. That's probably why it's good to meet with God sometimes for many of us first thing in the morning because that's when we need to get it together and get our, our, our focus right. This agape kind of love. Galatians chapter 5 tells us what? That it's a fruit of what? The Spirit. The Spirit. 
The Spirit of God within us. God Himself within us. Let me read to you another verse that says this. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. That's Romans 5, 5. God has poured out His love into our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. Stir up the gift of God, right? This is another one that you can see here in 1 John 4. He says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him, and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. And again, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. See what I'm saying here? That God comes and lives within us, and God himself is love. That's one of his very, you know, uh, part of his very nature of who he is. When God comes into our life and the power of love and the spirit of God within us, that's the only place we're going to get that agape love because it's a God kind of love. Now, yeah, we love, you know, our mothers. Happy Mother's Day, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) My two mothers are going like, But I'm talking about the God kind of love where it's, it's thinking of the other person first. That kind of love that Jesus showed us on the cross. That the Father, He loved the world. He, he loved the, the world so much, He sent His only Son to die. But notice what He says in that verse is that if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and He in God. This is where it all starts for you and I. We've got we to have God in our lives to have that kind of love. If you acknowledge that, if you give him a place in your life, this is where we talk about, you know, becoming a believer, where we, where we give God a chance in our lives. And I don't know if you've done that. I, I sincerely hope that you have. You have said, Jesus, I want you in my life. I got fear, but I got no power, and I got no love, and I got nothing else. I think it's when we get to the place where we realize, you know what, I got just about nothing that we can finally say, I need you in my life. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. And you open up your hearts and let him in. Things change. They did for me. It's going to be 40 years in September, September 1st. And he's still changing me, still working in me. Do I have any fears? Yes, of course. We all do, all kinds of different fears. But God is there with us. He's given us himself with power, with love. And then the last thing here found is self-discipline. That's kind of interesting. And I look at that and I, and I, and I kind of study that word because different translations uh, translate it differently, right? Different versions translate it differently, right? Some of the versions say, Self-control, some say sound mind, some say sound judgment. And one version says this, calm and well-balanced mind and self-control. And I go like, man, I don't got that amplifier in my life, you know. How many of you can say, yeah, that is totally me? 
I got all that stuff down. I'm calm, well-balanced. Do you have it? You got all that? Not in of yourself, but if you've got the Spirit of God living with you, you have it. You have it. You have God in your life. And, and that's what God is. God is very well-balanced. God is calm. He doesn't have a panic button, right? But looking at the Word itself, is very, it's fascinating in one way because it, if, you, if you look at the Word itself and, and, and what it kind of breaks down to is what it, what it really means is, is two words together. The first one is saved, and the second one is like in the middle of you. The midriff, which really what they're referring to is the very middle, the very heart of who you are. Saved in the very middle of, you, of who you are. And that includes really our thoughts, and that includes our feelings. It includes all those things about us, our understanding. So he says, this is the spirit I'm bringing into your life that, that changes you, that saves you in the very middle of who you are. Now, will we say, well, then why aren't I perfect? Why do I still, like, freak out? Why do I still have those mind problems and those mind games? And, and uh, you know, people, I think, misuse these verses to say that nobody should ever have any kind of, you know, mental issues. Nobody should ever struggle. Well, then I better go home now, right? Because I struggle. I have mental issues. I got a counselor. His name is God, Right? Right? Isn't that what the Bible says? He's the everlasting counselor. He's the everlasting God. He's our counselor. And, and not only that, in the book of John, it talks about the Holy Spirit being what? Our counselor, right? Our helper. That's the, that's, the, that's the number one counselor. I'm not saying we shouldn't get counseling and help from other people, but number one, we need to be getting it from God himself. Number one. And you know what? He's counseling me every single day. I like to say I'm in counseling because I am. But God is he's the number one counselor because see, he's, he's living within me. He knows me from the inside out. He knows all the stuff about me. He knows, he knows everything about me. God is in there working on us. Have we arrived yet? Have you arrived yet? You know, like I said, almost 40 years, and I haven't gotten there yet. I still, you know, God is still working. He's done a work inside of me, but it's kind of like till it spreads to every part of you. And that kind of doesn't happen until we go to be with Him and we then someday get a new body and, and, and all the rest of it. But He never leaves us alone. He's, he's never going to let us be on our own to fight this fight, to run this race, to hold on to our faith. How about this verse? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That sounds to me like somebody who got a little depressed. But you know what? That was David, right? And you and I get there, and, and, but he says to put your hope where? In God. You and I got to turn to him. We got to turn to what God is doing in our lives that he would bring us into, in line with, with him and his ways. But one thing is sure, and I want to end with this thought here, is that we desperately need these things that God gives us by his Spirit. We desperately need them. We need to understand that. We need to know that. 
But I'll add to that is we need Him, number one. Not just the things. I need peace. I need love. I need, yeah, we need all those things. But number one is I need Him. I need Him in my life. I need God. I, I, I just want you to do whatever you're going to do and work in me. And, and we keep fanning into flame that gift, that gift of God, that relationship, through our relationship with Him, that, that relationship that we have. For God did not give us, a, what, a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. He gave to us, really, Himself. That's really what He gave to us. And I love that song that we sing, Lord, I need You. Oh, I need You every hour. I need You. Let's pray together, shall we? Father in heaven, we thank you for giving to us yourself by your spirit to live within us. And we need you. We need you today. We need everything that you bring into our hearts and lives, Lord. We need, we need the, the dunamis, the power. We need that love, that agape love. We need the, that spirit of self-control, of sound mind, of self-discipline, all the things that that word entails within us. We need you to work and, and keep working, Lord. And we turn to you today. We turn to you and say, God, I, I thank you that you didn't just tell me just to do it on my own, but you came to live within me. And by the Spirit of God, you, you give us those things that we need. You help us. You drive out the fear by the love that you give us. Father, Father I pray that you would, uh, again, as we stir up the the gift of God. We stir up our relationship with you. We, we, uh, we fan the flame of our walk with you that, that we would just know you more and more. We would know you better and better. Father, I pray for any here this morning as well, Lord, who have never acknowledged you as God. Have never asked you into their lives, Jesus, who've never surrendered, and maybe that's you today, you can simply open your heart and say, please, come in. I'm, I got nothing. But you are everything, so I ask you to come in and, and be my Lord, be my Savior today here. Father, we thank you again for this place, this time to be together, Lord. Uh, Bless your people, I pray. May your face shine upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's stand and sing together, shall we?